Welcome to session number eight of the prayer training course. This is the finals in the series and is titled The Holy Spirit and Prayer. So this is a study about prayer and the specific relationship between prayer and the Holy Spirit. This study is inspired by the scripture in Romans 8 verse 26, which says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The objective of this study is to consider some of the deeper spiritual implications of prayer. We will also look for scriptural precedents for some of the special occurrences that flow from being enthralled by the Holy Spirit, such that we willingly become oblivious to our surroundings and are captivated by the awe of God. However, there are still some who are at least hazy or perplexed about the person of the Holy Spirit, and this has been the case from the earliest of times. The following is an extract from Acts chapter 19, in which the Apostle Paul is speaking with some disciples who had only recently come to know Jesus as Lord. And it happened, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptised? And they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptised with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with languages and prophesied. From this text, we see the amazing power that is available to believers when they make themselves available to the Holy Spirit. We will therefore consider the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our prayers and how it impacts the life of the believer. So let's have a time of reflection. Bible study and prayer groups are today more and more common in the religious arena. In the relatively near past, they were not so common. However, there are some widely different approaches, aims and procedures in these groups. The things that they have in common is the desire to actually meet God and have a personal experience of him. There is something in our makeup that causes us to seek God. However, we often form a view of him that is far from the truth. So how can we as individuals find God to the fullest extent that he wants us to know him? Joining a prayer group is one way in which we can be exposed to a culture of a prayer meeting in which people come together to pray in the freedom of the Spirit with no rules beyond the rule of faith and love, expecting the Lord to guide and direct the beating and accepting in faith that he does so. People sometimes talk as if prayer were merely a human act, but this is not the whole Christian doctrine. Prayer is the act of the believer, the one who says, I live now, not I, but Christ. 
and see that in uh, Galatians 2 verse 20. It is not only in spirit and truth that we offer acceptable prayer to the Father, see John 4 verse 23, it is because Christ prays that we, in the same spirit, can pray. Prayer is a divine activity in which we, by grace, can participate. As we become more sanctified, our prayer becomes more and more attuned to the prayer of Christ. Now this is our hope and aspiration. As we attempt a deeper prayer life, we, may, we do well to pray as you can and not as you can't. We must start where we are. There may be a great gulf between our own prayer and that of the Holy Spirit, but both are important. The process of Christian maturing is the mixing of our spirit with the Holy Spirit, the mixing of the leaven of the kingdom into the lump of our human dough. See Luke chapter 13 verses 20 and 21. If either ingredient is missing, then the process cannot go on and become complete. It is only as we actually offer ourselves to God that he has the raw materials to work on. Grace builds on our nature. Take away the nature and grace cannot build. We must come to prayer as we are and let the light of God expose all our murky thoughts and desires. The very impossibility of bringing them out openly before other people in the group may well be the means by which the Holy Spirit convicts us inwardly. This can be a very painful process and may well cause some to shy away. See Matthew 10 verses 32 and 33. However, we do well to confess it and will often provide relief in both physical and spiritual areas of our life as we do so. This is God's light that he brings to the world. If we let that light shine in our hearts, then even our darkest thoughts, our most sordid yearnings, will become light. It is the devil that wants them to remain hidden. As soon as they are recognised and spoken of in the light of prayer, even if that is only in our minds, then they lose their power. This is one of the key purposes for praying together. Just as importantly, we also seek to accomplish the work that God may have for us in prayer. It shocks our philosophical sensitivity to admit that prayer makes any difference, but the whole witness of Scripture and of the saints teaches us that it does. Ask, and it shall be given to you. See Matthew 7, verse 7. Just as he does in other ways in our walk with him, here too, God gives us a perfectly real independence. We do not have to pray, and if we do not pray, then the work is not done. It is therefore within God's will that we must pray, in his own spirit and through his Son, who is alive to make intercession for us. See Hebrews 7 verse 25. Our God is not a static, unchanging one. He is a trinity. He is a Father source of all being and beauty and love, origin of all things. He is Son, eternal will of the Father, in whom all things were made. He is Spirit, the gift to men, whose name is gift, poured out and distributed, so that his very unity seems at stake unless we preserve it. See Ephesians 4 verse 3 
and verse 8. The Spirit yearns in us for the recapitulation of all things in Christ, when the kingdom will finally be to the Father, and God will be all in all. That is our God, and our prayer is part of the dynamic that is His truth, His life. First, and fundamentally, the prayer is always, Come, Lord Jesus. Our prayer should focus on the building of the kingdom of God. So in prayer we ask God himself to choose and direct our prayer according to his will. And he does this often in remarkable ways. There are many ways in which he moulds us and our prayer. Only experience will teach us what it means for each of us to be led in prayer. And we will find that he does answer prayer too, but not always in the way we expect him to. In praying together, we're often led into deep fellowship with each other. People who have never met before become closely united in prayer, and this often lasts and is maintained in their lives ever after. People become more than naturally sensitive to each other, and sometimes people may empathise with each other. This seems to be what the Apostle Paul meant in Colossians. Even if I'm not there in the flesh, yet in the spirit I am with you, rejoicing as I observe the good order and firmness of your faith in Christ. See Colossians 2 verse 5. Or to the Corinthians, when you are assembled together, and also my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. See 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. In this way we can be a great support to each other in prayer, even when we are not physically in the group. Prayer is found to be a natural and deep medium of communication. There is a real fellowship in the Holy Spirit, which becomes a known reality in prayer meetings and overflows into the rest of our lives. A genuine spiritual love springs up in our hearts, and that love, which is the source for authentic Christian morality, is taught by Jesus and is echoed by the Apostle Paul. This love is not natural. It is a supernatural facility developed in us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It may sound from all this that a prayer meeting is characterised by an austere or perhaps exotic supernatural remoteness. Just the reverse. To be supernatural is precisely the fulfilment of our nature. And as we become filled with the Holy Spirit, we become much more profoundly human and more profoundly natural. It is quite common, therefore, for there to be laughter, joy, weeping and clapping at prayer meetings. This is our natural response to the way the Lord is making himself present. There may be joy, too great to contain, a yearning that passes beyond words. There may be sorrow which breaks one's heart. Yet in all these there is a peace and integrity which will always be found to distinguish the genuine article from an emotional counterfeit. So let's put prayer in focus. We will find prayer difficult unless we recognise that Jesus is Lord of our life. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul explains how we will not understand the things of God except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 to 16 says this, 
But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. For he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Accepting this explanation about spiritual understanding, we need to look again at Acts 19 verses 1 to 6, which we looked at originally. From this, we ask ourselves, do we accept that there is a Holy Spirit and a baptism of the Spirit? Do we accept through this baptism we receive the gifts of the Spirit? Do we understand that these gifts are to equip us for God's service? So what are our final thoughts? If we accept this teaching, then we can confidently accept the words written by the Apostle John regarding the indwelling Holy Spirit. In 1 John 2, verse 27, he says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Finally, we have some very wise words from the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, starting at verse 17. And this is what Paul recommends about prayer. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that has called you, who also will do it. Well, that finishes uh, this particular study. And so we'll now close with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you gave your life for me. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to be my comforter who lives and reigns in my heart. Thank you that he ever intercedes for me before the Father and that he interprets and emphasizes my prayer so that they are a sweet scent before God and are acceptable to God. 
Please continue to teach me to pray so that my prayers may be a sacrifice of praise to you. Empower me so that I will delight to do your will and to daily come before you in prayer. Praise, honour and glory to you now and forevermore. This we ask in the name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters in Christ, go forward in peace and remember to pray. Bless each one of you. Amen.